0: welcome back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king coming at you guys reporting this I'm gonna run solo here and break down some news that everybody probably knows if you are just figuring out this morning about this news god bless you um, you probably had a much more relaxing um, Sunday night than most Auburn fans. But yeah, it's something that had been hinted at for a couple of weeks. But Bo Nix um, will no longer be at Auburn after three years as Auburn's starting quarterback, 34 games. Obviously, missed a couple games here at the end of the season after that ankle injury. He will be moving on. He announced on Instagram um, in a video that he posted for a couple of weeks now. Anytime Bo Nix had talked about it, he had seemed to be on the fence um and was kind of leaving his options open something that wasn't really a huge surprise obviously Auburn fans would have liked to have seen him very you know committal to Auburn but with everything going on and with him making an offensive coordinator change and you know him still working in with a new coaching staff he wanted to leave all of his options on the table um, like he talked about in this video he's talked about many times recently Um, his goal is to play in the NFL his goal is to have a good Final season in college kind of indicates that he only wants to play one more year of college football. Um, he did graduate from Auburn just a few days ago. And so as we're recording this on Sunday, so he wants to play one more year, kind of wants to make that year count and have it build toward his goal of playing in the NFL. So I'm just going to I could just read you guys the, the message again. If you guys hadn't seen it, most of you probably have, but I'm just going to play it off here um, on the podcast for just a minute. So this is from Bonix's um, Instagram post.
1: I have loved Auburn from the moment I knew Auburn. All I ever wanted to do was win a championship for Auburn. I can truthfully say that I've given everything that I have for that goal and have played in so many amazing games because of it. Auburn has allowed me to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing in Jordan Hare and wearing the AU on my helmet. It has allowed me to compete in the SEC and be a part of some historical atmospheres. With that being said, when I came to Auburn, I planned on doing two things. I wanted to play football and graduate. I was fortunate enough to do both. I didn't truly understand how to appreciate my degree from Auburn until I received it, and I've realized that it was one of the most special honors I could have gotten. Because of that, this decision has been the toughest that I've ever made. I've made so many decisions for Auburn, and now it's time to do what's best for me. It's time that I move on to the next chapter in my life. To reach further goals, I've decided it's best to be a grad transfer and find a new start somewhere else. I make this decision with a heavy heart and a lot of growing pain. A wise man once told me that in order to be great, we have to take risks. I don't know what the next chapter of my life looks like, but I do know that whatever it is, God has ordered my steps and he has a plan for me like he does for everyone else. I'm going to miss the moments I've had as an Auburn Tiger. To my teammates, my coaches, and my friends who have been a part of this journey and have been with me along the way, thank you. I got the experience of a lifetime and I've accomplished my goal. I believe Auburn is a special place, and will be when we work together. Because I believe in these things, I will always believe in Auburn, and I'll always love it. War Eagle.
0: So, yeah, pretty much hit on all the, uh, all the cornerstones you would expect there. Talking about his time at Auburn, certainly had a lot of success at Auburn, had some points of his career um, that were a little bit controversial and got, well, not controversial, they just polarizing for Auburn fans. Um, you know, there were a lot of, there were a lot of Auburn fans this season that got frustrated with him um, his freshman year. Certainly um, there were a couple of games that Auburn maybe would have won if Bo Nix was a little bit sharper in those games. But I think overall, just over the course of his career, um, he developed into the type of player. Certainly his junior year where he under Mike Bobo, who's no longer the offensive coordinator, he did develop more, um, had a career best in, in passing yardage, um, touchdown passes. Well, not touchdown passes, uh, passing yardage completion percentage um, and overall QBR were the best of his career playing in uh, playing in 10 games until he was out with that ankle injury and so I think a lot of Auburn fans sort of realized over the course of this year the kind of impacts he had on the offense once they moved on to TJ Finley because of Bo's injury you sort of kind of got a got a better look became a little bit clearer seeing what Bo brought to the offense in terms of his dynamic ability as a runner, just kind of his, his comfort in the offense, his experience, um, kind of the way he's just a savvy playmaker. And so, you know, I hesitate to say that maybe if he hadn't had, you know, a a slightly improved season and hadn't seemed so valuable, this wouldn't have seemed like a huge, uh, a huge blow. I mean, obviously a significant blow, but when you lose a guy, a three-year starter, a guy who started 34 consecutive games for you since he was a true freshman and won you a handful of big games um, but there's no way around this moving forward this is a big blow for Auburn and this is something that is really gonna I mean this is going to be a defining point of the Brian Harson era what they decide to do here um, and how successful it ends up being um, you've got a couple options on the roster right now you've got T.J. Finley of course who's going to be Auburn's quarterback in the bowl game his injury is really nothing to worry about uh, it's just a sprain we reported last week so Um, He is expected to be just fine and and lead Auburn in the bowl game against Houston. Um, Obviously, he came in for these last couple games against South Carolina. Um, He started that game and then obviously the Iron Bowl uh, wasn't overly flashy in either game. Obviously, the Iron Bowl he played toward the end there with the with the injured ankle really wasn't able to move. He said after the game that it affected his throwing power. It affected. Um, his comfort in the pocket, his ability to deliver passes. Um, Against South Carolina, he was pretty, he was fine. They rode Tank Bigsby in that game, Um, and he was kind of just able to go back and and be decent in the pocket, and I think he was like 17 of 32, um, something like that in that game. And so um, really nothing detrimental. It'll be interesting to see how he performs in the bowl game. Obviously, that will get a little bit more of a spotlight now that Bo Nix is no longer with the program and plans to enter the transfer form. He has not officially entered it, by the way. Um, that we're expecting to that to happen sometime on Monday for his name to officially appear in the portal. As of right now, though, obviously he's just um, talking about his intentions and sharing that with Auburn fans, which not every player does. Um, And even some players in Bo Nix's position um, that have been really big pieces of the program for a few years at, at your respective program, you can name it um, across the country. Not every player um, will feel the need to post a video and, kind of talk face-to-face with the fan base. And so that's something I think that separated Bo Nix a little bit there. And I think something that Auburn fans um, appreciated another quarterback that they've got on the roster, um, Demetrius Davis, the former four-star QB out of Houston, the Houston area in, uh, in Texas last year, he was the winningest high school quarterback in Texas high school football history, um, beating out Kyler Murray in that regard, won, won a couple state championships um, was part of just some dominant North shore teams and he's a guy that kind of has a play style like a kyler murray um really short savvy quarterback um guy who's really really athletic and certainly uses legs um it's just a gamer just goes out there um and makes good throws on the run um very rarely are his best throws just kind of made for him from him standing in the pocket and delivering downfield um he's a guy that's going to make stuff happen when plays break down um and just sort of has a knack for for finding success on offense i mean you really couldn't put your finger on it in high school that's kind of what makes a it's kind of what makes a special player, but you couldn't really put your finger on what he did best. Um, he was kind of just a guy that could create in any given scenario. And so he did not play as a freshman. Um, he was a big Chad Morris guy. He was a big Gus Melzon guy. He did not waver, though, from his Auburn commitment. Once Auburn moved on from them, um, he signed with the program and, and decided to keep going in his freshman year. So it'll be interesting to see what his decision is moving forward um, if he decides to go anywhere there are no indications of that um, from you know, all we know it sounds like he's it seems like he's gonna plug right along and certainly you would think that now that there seems to be a bigger opportunity in the quarterback battle you would think that he will try to take advantage of that um, and he's got as good a chance as anybody uh, I know TJ Finley now has seven SEC starts under his belt um, and he's gonna have an eighth start here so five starts at LSU and three starts at Auburn So he's got the experience, obviously the first team reps. Again, we did not see Demetrius Davis in a single game this year. We only saw Grant Loy for like a couple snaps against Alabama State anyway. So um, Harson didn't go very deep into his quarterback rotation, even in garbage time situations this year. So Demetrius Davis, even once Bo Nix went down, was not an option. He didn't play, didn't have any packages um, or anything like that. So, you know, we'll see how he, moving forward, we'll see how he developed in his freshman year and if that affects him at all. Going into this quarterback battle, but you got to think he's got the same chance as everybody else. Um, he is not the prototypical quarterback for a Brian Harson system. I think now more than before. You know, this again, like we talked about before, this is this is a kind of an interesting crossroads for Brian Harson because he will truly um, if it's not Demetrius Davis, it will be one of his guys in their quarterback. Obviously, if it's Davis, that was again Gus Melzon, Chad Morris guy. And if it ends up being Davis moving forward, you would think that. Brian Harson is pleased with his playing ability and thinks that he can kind of fit into whatever offense Auburn decides to run with a new offensive coordinator. Um, we'll see how that plays out. It might be a different system than Mike Bobo. We'll see how differently they use the quarterbacks under center pro style, all that kind of stuff. But Brian Harson has the same kind of had the same, uh, the same brainstorming about the offense last year that Mike Bobo did in terms of tight end usage and pro style, um, a spread out pro style. So really not expecting to see much change depending on who, regardless of who the new offensive coordinator is. But if it's not Demetrius Davis, if it's Finley, if it's Holden Gurner, or if it's a transfer quarterback that they bring in in the portal, because that's kind of the rest of your options, um, they're all Harson guys. T.J. Finley was his first guy at quarterback. He was a guy that he and the staff sought out. Harson was was, played a heavy part in that he and Mike Bobo were the ones who sought out T.J. Finley and thought he would be a quality backup for them. Turns out he was a little bit more valuable than they maybe even thought because they had to, Uh, work without Bo Nix there at the end of the season. Holden Gurner is the four-star quarterback, obviously out of Georgia, just had a phenomenal state championship game. Um, He's a guy that is going to expected to sign here um, in the early signing period and join the Tigers. And so um, tall guy, six foot two, six foot three, um, a guy who is certainly a pocket passer, um, someone who kind of looks like a TJ Finley in terms of the way he stands in and has, has a powerful arm and able to deliver the ball. Um, downfield, yeah, we've got him listed at 6'3", 2'10". And so he's uh, currently, in in terms of the composite, he's a top 20 quarterback in the country, number 19 quarterback in the nation. And so a good pickup for Auburn. This is a guy that's been committed for a while, good pickup for them in this class to kind of keep that quarterback mill churning and give them good depth moving forward. But he, boy, I mean, with National Signing Day, um, excuse me, early signing period on Wednesday. The case for Holden Gurner to get early playing time is significant we'll see kind of what transpires with them in the transfer portal but it's very significant um, look back at a guy like Bo Nix who played his freshman year I mean it's, it's started every game from his true freshman season uh, in 34 games all the way into the end of his junior year and so Auburn has a history a recent history of playing freshman quarterbacks and so um, if he comes in and has a better understanding of the offense and runs things better than a guy like a TJ Finley or a Demetrius Davis or whoever they bring in in the portal, um, he's going to have a really good opportunity. So, and that and that leads to the last option, obviously, the transfer portal being as prevalent as ever. You know, players, regardless of what conference they're coming from, Power Five, whatever, they can even be an SEC transfer. Uh, you know, they've got one free transfer um, that they can make without having any sort of waiver, without needing to sit out a year. And so, and Brian Harson and his staff, you best believe, especially once he gets a once he gets another quarterbacks coach in here and an offensive coordinator slash QBs coach we'll kind of see, obviously we're expecting that to be done this week. It'll be, uh, it's now going on two weeks since they let go of Mike Bobo. I'm talking about this on, you are listening to this on Monday, it's two weeks and you know, Monday night, it'll have been two weeks since they um, started their search for an offensive coordinator. Got to think at this point, they might just wait till after signing day, um, especially if they've got a guy locked in. But anyway, I mean, Brian Harson again, like last year with, with Mike Bobo and TJ Finley, Brian Harson will put his head together um, with this person and, look for quarterback options in um, the transfer portal. There are certainly um, some interesting ones out there right now. It is going to heat up even further. The transfer deadline, I mean, TJ Finley didn't, wasn't, wasn't a transfer portal addition until after spring practice. He exited spring practice as LSU's number three quarterback. And so decided into the portal. All, Auburn didn't pick him up until late June, I believe. Um, and the, the deadline to enter the portal is until July 1st. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of time left on this. So don't, you know, don't be expecting Auburn to immediately grab a quarterback right now um, and think that he's going to be the guy that got plenty of time to to grab somebody. And you know, somebody like TJ Finley came in and learned things pretty well and was in a was in a position to take over for Bo Nix in one game and win a game for Auburn against Georgia State, take some first team reps and then kind of be the unquestioned backup late in the season. And so you'd like to get a guy that kind of has that sort of value or you're looking for a guy that that has the starting capabilities. And so I think that will sort of help us realize what they think of the quarterback room that they've got right now. Um, if they go out and they land the kind of quarterback, a Cal, you know, a, a high level sec starting caliber quarterback. Um, I mean, shoot, like a, like a Spencer Rattler or something. Um, if they're able to make that happen, maybe like an Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. You know, you wonder about if they have any sort of connections. Those are just kind of the main guys that are in there right now you know, you wonder um, if Brian Harson and his staff have any connections to those guys, but you know, it, it will, it will most likely more likely than not, um, not be one of the guys that are currently in the portal, because again, there's a lot of time left um, before they need to decide that they've got a lot, of, a lot of time left. There'll be hundreds and hundreds of more uh, you know, talented quarterbacks that will enter the portal over the next few months. But I think that will determine, you know, help us determine what he thinks of this QB room right now, because if he just brings in a guy that's like a serviceable backup, I think a, a TJ Finley type player, maybe that signals that he's got a lot more faith in TJ Finley. Maybe that signals that he liked TJ Finley a lot um, all last season, but the Bonix had the experience. You know, Bonix was the better option, was going to give you the better chance to move your offense and, and better chance to win games. I don't think anyone can really deny that. Um, when he was healthy, he, he obviously gave Auburn a better chance to win. But maybe, you know, if you're Brian Harson, you are looking at TJ Finley. Uh, last year and you're sort of just saying look this guy only played one year at LSU he's still a very young player a guy that we can develop maybe he maybe they think that he developed well in that offense getting the first team reps you know they, they like what they saw out of him but um, in all likelihood though um, whoever comes in is going to have an equal shot at the quarterback position um, and so this is the first time in a while where I mean assuming everybody sticks around you really could have a, a true four-man quarterback battle um, it will probably be something like uh, like when it was Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix, probably something that will be cut down in the spring. If you'll remember, it was a three man QB battle with Nix Gatewood and Malik Willis. And then after spring practice, which is smart to give the player an opportunity to transfer, um, you know, Gus Malzahn said, hey, you know, we're cutting things down. To just to just Joey and the, Joey and Bo Malik Willis is not in the in the quarterback competition anymore. And then like a week later, Malik Willis decided to transfer to Liberty. So this could be a four person quarterback battle. I really, as, as it kind of stands right now, as we're having this flash reaction on a Sunday night at what time is it right now at 11 2 PM kind of having this reaction to the Bo Nix news. That's really what it seems like. It's going to be. It seems like it's going to be, you know, TJ Finley, I would think depending on the caliber of quarterback they get in the transfer portal, unless they get a guy that's just a superstar, TJ Finley probably will get the benefit of the doubt in spring practices and Take those number one reps to start, um, and then you've got again you've got the transfer quarterback. You got Demetrius Davis, and you got a Holden Gurner, All that have a decent opportunity um, to compete for the position. And as we saw last year, the backup role is important as well. It'll be important, kind of the pecking order of what things are moving forward. And so we have all off season, though we're gonna we're gonna be doing this again. If you guys thought that last year with T.J. Finley, there were enough conversations about that about oh we're going to see do they bring him in to be the starter? Is Bo Nix's job safe? Um, if you thought that, that was a topic of conversation last year um, this is going to be a full blown quarterback offseason um, and for good reason again for for very good reason this is a defining moment in Brian Harson's career at Auburn in his tenure at Auburn it's not like he blew the doors off in his in his first year they they ended very in a very sour fashion losing four straight games they they could lose five straight games against a very good Houston team um, you know, they won't have a guy like Bo Nix. They might be down some other pieces on offense. That was a top 10 defense overall as a top five run defense. Um, good defensive line for Houston. Um, Auburn will be down at least a couple offensive linemen. Nick Brahms won't be playing in the game. Tayshawn Manning has already said that he's going to transfer. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. But again, just saying that to say, you know, Parson could have a losing record in his first year, could go six and seven in his first season at Auburn, which is not the end of the world, obviously, for a first year coach. But next year is very important how he performs next season um is very very important if he has another six and six year um the leash is going to be very short and so when you look at auburn on offense it's going to be some really big question marks um how you're going to be able to have this thing rolling with a first year coordinator again after seeing how they performed with a first year coordinator and having bo nicks down the stretch of the season obviously they were very very bad and in the second half of games couldn't get anything going on offense they had that huge clunker against Texas A&M, they couldn't deliver a knockout punch against Alabama. And so they had plenty of offensive struggles. And that was when you had your starting quarterback. Obviously, got injured there at the end of the season. So I don't think, you know, I don't think quarterback talk in the offseason. I'm mentally preparing myself to do it all offseason because it's it's not an un, it won't be an underrated storyline. It will be an incredibly important storyline. It'll be the number one storyline for Auburn heading into the season because Brian Harson's success, possibly his future at Auburn really depends on what they do with this quarterback battle and the you know the, the success that they kind of get from whoever the guy ends up being, whoever they dis- decide the the quarterback is for the future. And so, um, anyway, Bo Nix is gone. Bo Nix is moving on from Auburn. Something that probably a lot of people thought would never happen. Obviously, an Auburn guy, the son of Patrick Nix. Um, he's going to go down in the record books at Auburn in a lot of positive ways. Um, certainly, when, anytime you start thirty four straight games, you're going to have an opportunity opportunity to put up some big numbers. And there were some games for him where he had some really big numbers, um, but just kind of looking at the, at the record books um, he finishes his career third um, in Auburn history and passing yards. If he had played just half of half, of, half of another game, um, if he had played at all this season, any more than he did, he'd probably be number two um, because number two is Jason Campbell, who has uh, 7,299, 7,299 passing yards. Bo has seven, two, five, one. Um, So less than 50 shy of that um, in terms of moving up on the, on the passing record books Um, in terms of touchdown passes, uh, Bo Nix finishes his career tied for fifth. He's tied with Damian Craig with 39 touchdown passes um, in his career. And then talking about rushing touchdowns. um, He's decently high on that, on that list. Um, So he's got 18 rushing touchdowns in his career. That ties Pat Sullivan. For the eleventh most ever at Auburn, and that that, that's not just running backs. That's including that's not just quarterbacks. Excuse me. That's including all players. And so, when you look back at his career, um, was a very productive player. Was a player that was not super consistent over the course of his career. He had obviously his best year um, as a junior and was able to be productive for that offense um, more so than he had before. Still, this is a move that be be silly of me and arrogant not to say that some Auburn fans, you know didn't want this move. You know, again, Bo Nix has been a polarizing figure, not as a personality or anything like that, because he's represented Auburn very well. He's a team captain um, last year. And anyone who says that he didn't give his all kind of talking about um, you know, kind of echoing what he said in the video, anyone who says he didn't give his all to Auburn over three years. I mean, dude gave everything he had. He was a gamer, um, went out and gave his best every single game played on a freaking injury. Um, that'll kind of be the, the end of his legacy. That's kind of what people will remember there at Auburn and then was spectacular in a few of Auburn's big wins. You think back really his freshman year was kind of the, the big one you think of um, you can kind of think of LSU last year um, as well, where he had like 400 total yards of offense and three or four total touchdowns. Uh, but Oregon, obviously won them that game. in his very first, very first game at Auburn, he was, he was pivotal in the iron bowl winning that game as a freshman as well. And so lots of big moments for Bo Nix, but the Bo Nicks era has officially closed. The book is closed on Bo being Auburn's quarterback. So Auburn has a lot of questions moving forward with that. We're going to get to a quick break here on the Auburn undercover podcast. I'm going to run down Auburn's basketball win over Nebraska, and then we will get out of here. You guys are listening to the Auburn undercover podcast. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Real quick, but Auburn got a huge win over Nebraska. Um, not a great Nebraska team. A Nebraska team that is now five and six and was down a few players. Um, was down a freshman big man because of an injury and was down two or three more players because of the flu, um, something they were dealing with this week. But Auburn was down a player with the flu as well. Chris Moore didn't play um, because he had mis- mispracticed kind of late last week with an illness, and so he didn't play. So Auburn was down somebody as well. But still, Auburn goes to Atlanta. Um, they get a home court advantage, really in this game at state farm arena, the Hawks um, arena, and just absolutely blow Nebraska out of the water. 99 um, to 68. Auburn gets five guys in double figures led by Jabari Smith, which what can you say about Jabari Smith at this point? He shoots three of six from beyond the arc adds five rebounds, uh, four assists, gets two steals and only one turnover. So in his usual stat stuffing um, fashion goes out there and was easily, you know, Auburn's best player uh, Wendell green jr. Um, had a really good game as well. Really, there were a couple sequences between those two guys that ignited Auburn. Auburn only trailed at the beginning of the game. um, And then midway through the first half, there was that sequence where Wendell Green hit like three three three-pointers in the span of two minutes. Um, That ballooned the lead like close to 20. They led at the break, came out on a good run at the break. And then obviously, anytime you shoot uh, 67% in the second half like Auburn did, you're kind of going to just run away with it. It's going to be a game of runs there um, where you make a bunch of highlight reel plays, but green had 19 points. He shot four of six from beyond the arc um, three assists and no turnovers um, for him. Auburn was able to keep the turnovers down eight, only eight turnovers for the game. The other guys in double figures, Katie Johnson had 12 Devin Cambridge had 14 and Jalen Williams had eight. And Lior Berman continues to have an effective um, role for Auburn off the bench when they're still waiting on Alan Flanagan, to return at that wing position, kind of at that off guard spot. Berman is having a pretty successful last two games. He hit two, three pointers in this game. Um, and again, had eight points there. And so yeah, Auburn kind of took over the arena. I mean, it was very pro Auburn crowd. It was easily the best crowd of the event. It was the holiday hoops giving event. If you watch any of the other games that happened, games like uh, Cle- shoot, I forget who Clemson played, um, but Clemson you know, only like two hours from Atlanta. If that, they might be, it might be about where Auburn is. It's like an hour and a half from downtown Atlanta. Um, There was no one at that game. Obviously Clemson is not at the same level as Auburn basketball right now, but still there was that, that, that was a ghost town at that game. And then the LSU Georgia tech game, which Georgia tech, obviously right there in Atlanta, um, really not a great crowd for them either. And so um, the players for Auburn were obviously able to feed off of that. Um, it was the first game for Auburn. We talked about this in our most recent podcast, but it was the first game for Auburn after the four year, uh, NCAA case, the Chuck Person case, their investigation into that case, the first game after it had been lifted. Um, so players and, and, and Wes Flanagan, who is stepping in because Bruce Pearl has suspended for these next two games. Um, he will finish out his suspension on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. Auburn plays UNA. His son, Stephen Pearl, who's an assistant coach, will coach that game for Auburn. And then Bruce Pearl will be right back in the mix um, as the head coach. And so they were playing without him. Uh, Wes Flanagan, who's an assistant coach and is a former Auburn player. He was obviously a four-year starter for Auburn, a, a point guard in the '90s. Got his first head coaching win at Auburn. He's a former head coach at um, Arkansas Little Rock. He got the head coaching job there after Chris Beard left for Texas Tech. And so um, he said it was a dream come true. Um, so a really cool moment for him to be able to coach Auburn to a win there. He had, he admitted that um, since he was since he was playing at Auburn in the '90s, he would dream about being auburn's head coach. He knew he wanted to get into coaching, um, and he admitted that that was still his dream even moving forward. Um, but he said, "You know, if if I never get to coach another game, if I if I never get to be the head coach at Auburn, you know, ever. But you know, even though it's still my dream, if I never get to do it, at least I can take this one to the grave." That's what he said. Um, you know, I can I can know that I'm the winningest coach. He kind of joked, um, and Wendell Green said that in the locker room after the game. He joked with him too, saying he's the winningest coach in Auburn history. Um, obviously, he's batting a thousand now because he's one and zero. Stephen Burrell will have an opportunity um, to tie that mark on Tuesday, but yeah, just a phenomenal game overall for Auburn against a pretty bad Nebraska team. They handled business. They did what they were supposed to do. They moved to eight and one in non-conference play. Jabari Smith continues to be incredible. Uh, He looks like he has an opportunity to play himself into a number one draft slot. Kevin Durant, I was trying to say KD and then Kevin at the same time and ended up saying me saying Kevin. Kevin Durant was courtside because the Nets played um, the Hawks the previous night. Um, so he was there and it just kind of, they would flash the camera to him. And then Jabari Smith would do something um, that kind of resembled Kevin Durant, kind of that pure scoring ability in terms of a jump shooter from the outside. And then Auburn started forcing so many turns. I mean, they forced 20 turnovers in this game. They, they got 20 turnovers, um, scored 30 points off the turnovers. And so that was obviously huge for them. They were able to get 1.3 points per possession as a team, which is just, that's a huge number. That's a phenomenal number. In terms of um, efficiency, they only trailed for 23 seconds um, in the game. And them, they themselves only turned it over, uh, a turnover percentage of 10.4%, 10, 10. Um, which is really good. Anything under 15 um, is considered to be really, really good. So did what they needed to do, took care of the ball on both sides, had more than a few um, highlight performances. They were, you know, By the time the second half got rolling, they were throwing alley-oops. They were taking deep three-pointers. They were pretty much doing whatever they wanted once they started to get rolling. And so we continue to learn more about this team. Um, the offense will get a lot of highlights because um, what they did in the second half, people were talking about, they looked like the globe trotters. There was an incredible um, off of a steal for window green. He, he lobbed it off the glass to Jabari Smith. Um, that was easily the best play of the day. So there'll be plenty of highlights on offense, but, you know, make no mistake Auburn's defense was the reason um, that it was able to be so successful in this game and that's the theme of what we've seen with this team throughout the season so far we've continued to see this team develop I think the biggest thing we've noticed over the past month um, the first month of the season is just guys getting more comfortable in their individual roles it was very clear what roles some guys had early on I would say a guy like a Katie Johnson a guy like a Walker Kessler uh, Katie Johnson needs to provide you some offense, hit a couple three pointers and then needs to be a, a menace there on the perimeter and get a lot of steals. Walker Kessler needs to be efficient on offense, needs to get rebounds and needs to block shots. And he's done a great job of that so far this season. And so, you know, just over the course of the of the first month of the year, guys are figuring out those roles, starting to get more comfortable within their roles on both offense and defense. And it's looking like Auburn is going to be in pretty good shape. They seem to be improving at least in some area, every single game. So it looks like they're trending the right way um, for SEC play. Speaking of Flanagan, Wes Flanagan, the, the coach, obviously got the win on Saturday as a head coach. And by the way, if you haven't go go to Auburn basketball's uh, Twitter page and watch the video of them celebrating with him in the locker room. He gets uh he gets he gets flanked by by another assistant coach, sprays him with water, and the team kind of loses their minds. Obviously, those videos are always great, but. Um, speaking of Flanagan, you know Allen Flanagan, who had Achilles surgery in early September. He will be back soon. Bruce Pearl said last week the plan is for him to be back by the first SEC game. That's a home game against LSU on December 29th. That's a day after Auburn plays uh, Houston in Birmingham, and so that's the goal for Auburn right now. That's what they're. You know, he could come back a couple games for that. They've been talking about maybe the St. Louis game, which is not, which is uh, coming up on Saturday. Um, oh, it's a true road game against St. Louis. After that, you have a game against Murray State um, at home, and so you know it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, when he's able to get back in there. To, but it'll be interesting to see more you know, how he's able to fit back. I asked Bruce Pearl about it last week because Flanagan has had a bigger role in practice recently. Has been able to run through practice better than he has all off season and so or since the surgery. And he said, "Look, the best way to do it." You know, talking about with a guy like Sharif Cooper last year, who obviously missed 12 games. Um, While during the NCAA investigation, he was ineligible or they sat him out hoping um, that they wouldn't have any eligibility concerns. And so they had a similar situation last year with a guy who missed some games. And Bruce Pearl just said, you just don't, you know, you don't put a lot of attention on it. You know, you don't draw attention to the guy. You talk about um, the players who are already there, the players who are, who have already, you know, kind of developed chemistry. And you just kind of put the guy in there and you let him do what he does. If you give too much attention to him, um, it's going to take away from what you've already been doing. Successfully. And so, you know, Flanagan's minutes will build. Um, you know, Bruce Pearl has admitted that he, you know, will not be the same player when he first gets out there on the court just because of the nature of that kind of an injury. He's such a strong guy who likes to go up strong to the basket, drive past people, be aggressive in the lane. That's something that's going to be hindered a little bit by the injury. And so Auburn's hoping that'll go away over the next few months and he'll kind of return to form. But at the beginning, don't expect him to play um, a high volume of minutes at the start. So it'll be interesting to see how they work him back into things. But next game for Auburn Tuesday, um, late tip off 8 p.m. Central time against UNA and Auburn Arena. And Stephen Pearl will be Auburn's head coach, acting head coach in that game as Bruce Pearl finishes out his two game suspension. So thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to run down. The Bo Nix news obviously and then talk about the basketball game for a little bit so we are going to have all kinds of coverage this is a loaded loaded week this will be a fun week I'm looking forward to it Um, obviously there's a lot to dissect with Bo Nix here early in the week talking about Auburn's quarterback situation Wednesday is the early signing period and you guys know how Keith gets on that day Um, he's just an absolute monster so he'll be going all day long we will have you guys covered top to bottom here Um, and then Thursday haven't really talked about this much yet but you know, we'll talk to Brian Harson on Wednesday about the signing day. And then Thursday, there's expected to be, I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but in talking to uh, the Birmingham Bull people as we kind of figure out our media stuff for them, there's expected to be a press conference uh, Thursday afternoon in person um, in Birmingham, just outside the stadium there, the protective stadium where they're going to play the bowl game, um, with Brian Harson and Dana Holgerson talking about, auburn's bowl matchup with houston and so um and then obviously we're expecting there to be an offensive coordinator at some point this week because if auburn waits any longer they're probably going to strike out on on all their candidates and so this should be a loaded week at AuburnUndercover.com. be sure to keep things locked there i do want to plug real quick if you guys are not a subscriber um obviously there's all kinds of stuff flowing right now we're going to be talking about the quarterback situation uh recruiting is obviously the big one with signing day coming up on wednesday if you guys would like to stay in the know about all that stuff we do have a 50 percent off promo running right now it is an early signing period special um so you can get 15 percent off and monthly users so if you're a monthly subscriber you can update your plan and become 50 percent off an annual deal um, but the promotion ends this december 15th on signing day um at midnight eastern time and so that's a little bit earlier central time. So you guys have a couple days to think about it, but go check it out on our website. There's a link on our website on our front page, auburnundercover.com that has a link to that uh, special. So you guys check it out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate everybody tuning in as we kind of ramble away on a Sunday night, talking about the big news of Bo Nicks. We're going to break it down the rest of the week and probably break it down throughout the off season in terms of the quarterback um, competition. So the intro and outro music is by beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him on Twitter soundcloud and instagram please leave us a five-star view if you guys enjoyed the show and until the next time we will be talking about either signing day or an offensive coordinator um, or you know, basketball win on tuesday there'll be a lot of stuff to go over this week so until the next episode i uh, appreciate you guys listening hope everybody enjoyed it you guys have a great start to.